0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? On today's episode, we weigh in on WWDC 2015, the changes coming to iOS, OS X, and Watch OS this fall, and Apple Music. It's episode six of Magnificent. As always, I'm Ian Fuchs, and I'm joined by one of our lead panelists, MacTrass.com senior editor Chris Houck. Hey, Chris, how's it going?
1: Hey, Ian, I'm doing good. How about you?
0: I'm I'm doing well. Got a Got the situation with my wife's iPhone kind of resolved. Yeah. Uh, and by that, I mean that the the iPhone 6 is still stolen, and she got a 6 Plus to replace it. <laughs> so, it, I'll call that resolution, even if it's not really resolved. She has a phone. She's happy it's resolved. She, she's very happy it's resolved. And even more so, she's now that she has the 6 Plus she's asked for two things. One is an Apple watch because sometimes the six plus just feels a little too big. And she's also asked that she never have to go back to a smaller phone. Um, because now she's used to the six plus. And I know for you, you use the six plus. So right. you, I'm sure you can appreciate that. I still have my six and I like that it fits in my pocket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the six plus fits in most pockets. Um, Dep- depends on the pants. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wear cargo shorts during the summer, so I'm good, but, uh, According to the case and everything else, whether or not it fits properly,
0: I, I won't pass my judgments on the fact that you wear cargo hey, shorts.
1: Everything fits in them; I don't have to worry about it. I used to live in California and Arizona; that's what we wear there. All right. Cargo
0: shorts. There, there are other shorts besides cargo shorts. You do know that, right? No, like just regular shorts. No,
1: They're, they fit too tight. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants close-fitting pants on me.
0: So. Fair enough. Ah, so busy week for you, with uh, lots of. New news, news news, um, with all the WWDC stuff,
1: yeah. It was, uh, especially Monday, it was pretty crazy. It, uh, I was trying to keep track of uh, the keynote itself and trying to do a live blog, and <coughs> excuse me, and uh, then making notes, you know, for the stories later. I had to spend a couple three hours afterwards putting everything together, that's always fun when you're a one man. Uh, show. It uh, gets a little busy on things like that. But it was fun. I, as always, always enjoy the keynote. always get excited about it. And there was some cool stuff, so uh, I didn't mind it a bit.
0: So, uh, I suppose it makes most sense to, to go through the keynote, kind of in the order that it happened. But before we even talk about any of, like, the, uh, the big Apple features and the OS updates and all of that, uh, one thing that stood out to me more than anything else was that opening video comedy <laughs> routine.
1: I don't know what the hell they had in mind there. There were a couple of good, a, a couple of good little sections in there. I liked it when they almost killed the goat with the ax, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what the deal was with the uh, angel investor with the pockets full of gold or whatever it was there. That almost... I, I,
0: I get the idea. It's supposed to be, reaching to those developers. And so it was very app centric and right. very start your own, you know, company or whatever you want to call it. Right. thing. But at the same time, I, I love the fact that it, it was, uh, was it Bill Hader? Right. As the, the main guy that was clever, lots of good cameos in the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I just—it's so weird. It's so—it—it it seemed so unApple to me, to have that as the lead into this developer conference.
1: Yeah, I don't recall anything like that, you know, in years previous. Do you?
0: I, not specifically. Apparently, apparently last year there was some bit, and I now I feel like I need to go back and watch last year's just to see what the bit was at the beginning. I know they've been trying to start all of the shows off with something different, mm-hmm. um, because I know there was a thing i maybe for the iPhone six event that was crazy. it was like a, a white room with text, and as they shifted the camera's point of view around, the text would change and it would say different things and so there, I remember that being kind of cool and thinking, "Wow, that must have taken a lot of time. It's really impressive, but it certainly wasn't a comedy routine like this right um, but i don't I don't recall. Uh, past years that being uh, quite that level of a comedy routine and poking all the fun at it but I, I do like that at the end it does kind of point out that and and maybe it's poking fun at Google or Samsung for some of their events Yeah, I, the show and the chaos
1: that's true they they usually go overboard like that with uh, videos and, and the comedy and things like that so and then there at the end I mean they have the power failure and uh, yeah, you know it, all they've got is a water ball on the laptop. Yeah. So yeah, whoever walks out there better have some incredible to say. I like I like the final one though. Either way, we're getting free watches out of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, we're covered. You know, we're good.
0: Um. So yeah, that's that was certainly uh, entertaining. And then I, it's also kind of nice to note that this is the first keynote that I remember in my following of Apple that when tim cook came out on stage there wasn't the whole like numbers and metrics spiel that there usually is right um this is the they they came out there there wasn't and i expected especially with the watch having just come out i expected them to come out and start you know kind of bragging about oh the watch has done fantastic we've sold millions of units or thousands or whatever that number was and we finally are catching up with demand now and they're going to be in store or, Instead, it was straight into let's start talking about some of the products and some of the changes. And the first thing they dove into was OS X.
1: Yeah, it was it was very developer centric. I mean, they 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 dove right. I
0: mean, I guess they had a lot to cover, so they were it lasted
1: over an hour and a half. Like, I think.
0: Was, I think it was like almost two and a half. Was it really? Was it that long? Yeah. With. With Apple Music and all that at the end, it was almost a two-and-a-half-hour ordeal.
1: That's, that's right. I was actually expecting it to end, and I just as they're like, oh, one more thing. I went, oh, yeah, they didn't do Apple Music. Yeah, So I settled back in and watched for another half hour. But yeah, so, o- uh, OSX, uh,
0: what was it, 10.11, I guess, is it going to be it? At 10, 10.11, and it's... <laughs> I cannot believe... What they chose for a name.
1: Oh, but it's fun to say. Say it with me. It's not. Say it with me. El Capitan.
0: No. If you say
1: if you say it like that, El Capitan. (laughs) It could have been worse. It could have been Bakersfield, or Santa Ana,
0: or East L.A. I mean, come on. Those aren't. So the idea, I guess, is that it's kind of the refining update to Yosemite. Right. Just like Mountain Lion was the refining update to Lion. And Snow Leopard was the refining update to Leopard. So it's, it's that same idea. And El Capitan is Park a mountain in Yosemite, in, in Yosemite National Park. Um, so it, yes, I guess it made sense to go with that. And um, for anybody who's listening who has never listened to um, John Gruber's The Talk Show, which is his podcast that he does for Daring Fireball, he had Mark Gurman on last week. And Mark Gurman, who's Mr. Spoil all the fun all the time and fantastic at leaking things, uh, randomly throughout the gas. Well, so maybe Apple will call it L Cap, which is El Capitan. That's what the Californians call it. It's like the hip way to say it is L Cap, Ittica. which I, I'm a little more okay with. Um, but he was like, well, maybe they'll call it L Cap. And I think he was kind of saying it as like a passing joke. And then they come out on Monday and they're like, oh, it's El Capitan. And I was like, oh, my God.
1: When they first mm-hmm. said it, I thought it was a joke.
0: I did, too. When they switched after after Mountain Lion, when they switched to, was it Mavericks the first year after that? Right. When when they made that change, they went through the whole, like, joking thing. that Oh, we've run out of cats. It's time to change. Sea Lion. When he nails. said it. Right. And then when they said El Capitan, I was like. This is a gag. Yeah, he's gonna be like, "Oh, we're just kidding. It's not that." And then he was like, "El Capitan," and then moved right on. And I was like, "Are you kidding? <laughs> what? Like that has to be the most embarrassing thing." And and I I saw it on Twitter earl- uh, earlier this week. I wonder how many Apple Store employees are going to quit their jobs just so they don't have to say El Capitan.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking of changing my name to El Capitan, just so I can, <laughs> people will call me that. That's because you deserve it. Yeah. Uh, new business cards. I want to get new business cards. It's all, I'm just looking for that. Maybe a I name see. badge.
0: ElCapitanMactress.com Yes.
1: Get a little name badge. Hello, my name is El Capitan.
0: Um, but aside from a new name, it does also have some some new features. Oh, yeah. And yeah
1: definitely some cool stuff going on in there.
0: Some changes. The, uh, the first of which, which to me is the silliest of all features, but the one that, uh, Craig Federighi right away was like oh look at this cool feature if you move the pointer on your Mac back and forth <laughs> real quick the pointer grows and I thought it was I thought that was a gag too that that was like he was going to say oh actually this is just an app you can pick up in the app store and it's this and it does this and it's funny no it's for real in in LCAP you can shake your mouse back and forth and it the pointer grows and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you that there's all sorts of dirty
1: jokes there I mean, there's,
0: there's, <laughs> there's proof in the fact that I I updated because I'm stupid, apparently, you are, and I went to all the betas on everything. You are a
1: bold Mac, individual, and it almost got you locked out of your house, didn't it?
0: Mac, iPad, iPhone, watch, everything right now is on, on beta software, and it was a terrible idea, uh, which I'll get to when we get to the Okay, uh, yeah, we 9,
1: do. you definitely want to share that one little story. I will. I but, he, uh,
0: but first thing I did when it updated was this, the thing they're talking about. Where <laughs> so you can't your find your mouse. on you, you can't find your mouse. It's on the screen somewhere. And you're like, where is my pointer at? And so you start wiggling the mouse around to try to see it. Mm-hmm. And the mouse gets about an inch tall on a screen. And it's like, oh, there it is. There you are. And so that, that in itself, I thought, was the silliest additional feature, add-on feature. But I, I guess it makes sense. And I'm sure there's a way to shut it off. I haven't looked for it. I don't care enough. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, but then they jumped into to mail, right? Right. And that was like the first thing they kind of highlighted. Um, which mail mail borrowed some features from iOS, um, some of the gestures, the swipe left to delete, swipe right to archive or to ma- Marcus Red. Um, some of the search things within mail. Changed a bit so you can now search for mail uh, messages, and it's more uh, what do they call it natural language search, right? Both, both within mail and within uh, Spotlight, which we'll get to. But that you could say, I want emails that I've ignored from Ian, and then it would pull up the whole list of right for you, it would pull up all the emails from me that you've ignored every email every, since every email ever last since, three <laughs> years,
1: probably something like that. <laughs> Um, no wait, that's that's Glenn. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I really liked the natural language search in, in both. Uh, you know, everywhere it's supported. That's a real nice feature.
0: And obviously, they, I, uh, that carries over from Mail to Spotlight, which I guess is the next thing that kind of saw a big update. That it's more aware. Of things on your device, and it understands you better uh, right than say the computer did before um, so like in theory yeah, I can it offers search. offers more results and th- uh, more results for different topics right. and, and it also uh, um my understanding was it also does some more in depth web searching, does it not
1: right yeah it uh offers uh better results. For things uh, web based, I mean, it'll even return results for things like uh, transit, and uh, finds web videos better now. At least these are the notes I have. Um, so yeah, it's just an overall better search experience, or looked at looked that way in the in the uh, in the stream. So have you tried it much? Have you? I was actually, do you spotlight
0: much? I was actually just trying it right now um, with a natural language. I typed, how do I get to St. Louis? And the results right now are not promising for, for anything helpful at this point. But it is the first beta, so who knows what will change between now and, and launch. I don't know how much of that's activated now, how much of it's available now
1: right yeah i'm sure they uh you know they chose some very select queries for the uh for the uh
0: demonstration i i did notice as you, uh, as you get older you forget words so i can type like weather uh nashville uh, apparently it it doesn't know that there's a nashville tennessee but if i type weather nashville it gives me the weather in nashville michigan uh, which is currently 77 with a 20% chance of rain. Uh, why I can't get Nashville, Tennessee, I don't know. Apparently that's not important enough.
1: That seems to be a mental block with a lot of uh, similar services. Amazon service had problem with that. Uh, my uh, Echo could not, for the life of me, give me the population in Nashville, Tennessee. It could do Nashville, Indiana, which is like a little tiny town south of Indianapolis. In here,
0: I just I typed in uh, weather Orlando, and it, it, it's giving me weather in Orlando, West Virginia, not, you know, Orlando, Florida, the only Orlando most people know of.
1: I, yeah, I didn't know there was an Orlando, West Virginia. So,
0: there's there's certainly some, some room to grow in the spotlight features, but the idea is <laughs> think... that, that you can type in a more natural line instead of right. You can be a little more flexible with the way you word uh, your searches, but yeah, definitely still some, some room to grow. Um, other, other features of LCap. Cap. <laughs> oh, You're just I'm not going to say L oh, Cap. It, it be down, pains right. me to say it. Even to say that pains <laughs> me, um, was one of the changes was the, uh, Changes to the way full screen apps function, which was a very early indicator during the keynote that we were going to see some changes in how iOS functioned, um, or a very Hmm. strong indicator that we at least might see that change in iOS. And that's that when you run an app in full screen on a Mac, you can now throw a second app next to it and kind of scale, you know, you can scale them however you want. So you could have one real narrow and one real wide, or more 50-50 or however um but that you could actually put two apps side by side so you could have like you know safari up most of the screen but then your messages feed on the other side or you could be reading right. a, a a document in one and taking notes in the other in the notes app um and so the idea that you could kind of run side by side apps um are you a full screen user of when you use your mac ever
1: you know i usually don't because i have so many windows open uh, i'll have you know the browser, a text editor, graphics editor. You know, and I'm switching windows to windows. Or I use spaces a
0: lot. I'm flipping around a lot in the you different use, spaces. Like, so a full separate desktop, basically, or whatever, for
1: for like the gra- for the graphics editor. I use uh, Pixelmator. I use, like to have it takes full screen. Um. So you know, I'll have on on my main on my main uh, screen. I'll have my browser. Uh, notes and usually email on that screen yeah. and then i'll you know if i have something i'm gonna have in the background something i'll put it on another space and check on it periodically things like that
0: and so that's that's how i operate also i'm not big with the full screen apps uh, just because i guess i don't i don't see a purpose i i've grown up with multi-window experience right. forever i mean even on windows back when i was a kid and early Mac days and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was always just you had windows tiled on top of each other. So the idea of using an app full screen, uh, for anything other than maybe video, um, just to me doesn't make sense. And even even on my
1: Right, I'm I'm so used to
0: command tabbing that And it just doesn't And matter. even for me I I'm, I'm on a thirteen a inch MacBook Pro. I don't feel the need to go out to another window. I don't have a problem seeing, right. you know, the Safari in front of something else. So maybe there's a, a market and maybe there's a lot more people who use full screen apps.
1: You know, I can see somebody that does a lot of online research. Um,
0: wanting to take their Safari okay. window full screen.
1: Right, you know, and and especially now, you know, they'll be able to do side by side. They could have Safari open, have uh, pages open, whatever, you know, and side by side and they could go back and, you know, they won't have to, Tab. I, I don't see it saving a lot of time, but if you're researching and you're you're not just doing a lot of copy and paste, then it it
0: it could be handy. I could see. I could also see like, um, books, because there is iBooks on the Mac now mm-hmm. that you could pull a book up for most of the screen, and then have like if you were a, for a student doing research have your book up and have your notes or whatever up that you're taking. Although you can take notes inside of my book. So I'm not sure how useful that part is. I don't know. That's yeah. It's a feature that is there. And like I said, I think more so than anything else, what they did there was just kind of a a prelude to tell you there's something else big coming in a few minutes and we want to show you what it looks like now. And then we'll get more into it in a minute. Right. Um, any other big changes on the Mac? Notes got a huge update. The actual Notes app. Um,
1: oh yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I think I'm going to use that a lot more than I will the split screen. or Anything I'm else? I'm already.
0: Uh, I'm finding both on my phone, and on, on my computer. I mean, I, I was already a big Notes user for a lot of things. I took a lot of notes in there. Mm-hmm. Um. With the yeah with I do the that exception too. of uh the show notes for when we do uh through the podcast and if mm-hmm. I need to actually do a document that I'm sending to someone um which those live in Google Docs and in pages or word um everything else I do that's text edit based is in notes and and now mm-hmm. they've added um rich text so you can actually change the size and styling and stuff like that they've added the ability to embed documents and links to documents and images and doodles, which is kind of cool. You can draw now in your notebooks, um, which is, it's kind of a salute to things like penultimate, which has been around for a long time as a way to actually handwrite notes or draw notes. Um, So that's certainly,
1: yeah, it's, it sounds as if it's going to be really useful. Like I said, I think that's probably what I'm going to wind up using most in uh, EC.
0: EC.
1: Yeah. See so yeah, how that's. See if you like that uh, one. Else, EC instead of the other. I'm okay with LCAP. I, the the OS whose name must not be spoken. That's
0: maybe that's it. And and if if Glenn were here to join us, I know he has yet a whole other theory on the name. But well, I'm I'm sure he does. We will <laughs> reserve that for when he's he's able to come back and. He can tell us what what he I'm, thinks it means.
1: I, I'm sure he'll be more than happy to fill us in. But
0: yeah, I think that was really the, kind of that was all the big stuff that came about with with LCAP, and yeah, from there they they segued into iOS, which I think right now is probably their widest spread net and also probably their most delicate area as far as the changes they make and what they can do. Um, and a, a big thing that, that Apple pointed out just before the keynote was after Google's IO conference, uh, Tim Cook was at, uh, some event and he basically said, you know, unlike the other guys, we value your security. We think it's important. We're going to do what we can to take care of you and not, um, you know, not sell your information to other people. Not, we don't want your information. And, and that was, that point was reinforced several times through the keynote, we don't want your information. Don't. Like, we don't care. We don't want to know about it. Um, but one of the big changes was the uh, Siri upgrades, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, this proactive assistant uh, functionality, which now lives back on the left of your first home screen, back where the old search used to be. Uh, so they got mm-hmm. rid of that for what? A, two OS updates? And then brought it back, or one,
1: yeah, yeah, I think they brought that in in seven I, I, yeah, okay. uh, or got got rid of that in seven where you pulled down to get to yep. the search and, and
0: so now it, it's back um and it's for me, so far, and i've i mean this has only been in a week's worth of usage i I'm not seeing a lot of the proactiveness of it where it's supposed uh-huh. to intelligently say, here's some apps that you might be needing right now. Whether it's right. you always look at the maps in the morning or maybe you always open the Starbucks app first thing in the morning when you go get your coffee. And the idea that it would like prompt you with these things, either mm-hmm. my patterns have been so messed up for the last week, which is mostly true. I've, I have had kind of an off week um, or it's not there yet. The one thing that it has done well so far is that it also suggests some nearby locations. And those nearby locations change throughout the day. So Hmm. initially, when I would check it in the morning, it's like bakery, coffee, restaurant, gas station. Now it's gas station, restaurant, bar. So it's looking at the time of day and saying, well, you probably aren't looking for a bakery or coffee Um, now that it's evening,
1: it's, it's lunchtime. You're looking for a bar,
0: but you might be looking for a bar now. So here's the, uh, you've had a rough day. You're looking for a bar. uh, That's what I
1: want. I wanted to be able to keep track of how rough a day I had just from my queries and say, yeah, you need a drink, buddy. I'm going to automatically route you over to the bar.
0: But that, that part of it is kind of cool. Like I said, the app suggestions, I don't think it's there yet, which I'm surprised because last week I listened every morning at about the same time I would open the podcast app and I would listen to a podcast as I drove downtown. I was surprised that by Friday morning when I grabbed my phone, that it wasn't like, Hey, do you want to listen to a podcast right now? It's that time, but it didn't do that. So it, it, it hasn't figured it out yet. Um, and then the, uh, suggested or most recent contacts that used to live in your multitask switcher now live over mm-hmm. there. So I have my wife, I have you and Glenn and I have my friend Rob, that all show up there. So my, my top four most recent people that I've contacted are now there instead of right. in the switcher. I, I
1: noticed that. I, I did load IS9 on my iPad, and I noticed that.
0: And the iPad I have it. also got go some other huge changes. Yes, I did. Do you want to go over some of those?
1: Well, we've got the good old split view feature, just like uh, we were discussing on OSX. Um, it, of course, allows you to do the two apps side by side. Um, now, the the uh, I'm trying to remember the there's one uh, which uh, the side by side and uh, be able to slide back and forth. There's there's there's
0: side by side, and there's the slide over.
1: Yeah, the slide over is iPad Air 2 only, correct? I think it's
0: the other way around. I believe the split view where you run two apps literally side by side where both of them are fully there is the Air 2. But you can always pull an app in on the side on almost any iPad 3, 4, Air, Mini 2, and Mini 3. I think yeah, that that most, right. most of the iPads, pretty much any iPad that supports iOS 9, will be able to use the the slide in or slide over. Okay.
1: And that actually has been, a, a, I've, I've played with that a little bit. Right now, it only works with Apple apps. So, you know, I've played with it where I'm in Safari, and I'll bring in the Notes app or, or Calendar, and it, it lives in a little, probably what, quarter of the screen on the right-hand side. And it's, it's a nice little feature. I can see where I'd make use of that.
0: The one kind of cool thing um, about, about the slide over is while the apps that slide in can only be Apple apps, the app in the background that you're sliding over the top of right now can actually be any app. Because it's basically just freeze framing it. And what I've found that's super convenient about it is a lot of times I like to, especially like if I'm tweeting something, I might mm-hmm. grab the text or I might write my text and then I might go out and grab a link from somewhere and then I might grab an image from somewhere else. You know, if I'm grabbing an image mm-hmm. from Google somewhere and I want to tweet it, you know, a good meme or something. I can go out and I can compose the tweet on the side without losing my clipboard basically because I can paste it kind of in the intermediary space in the oh. slide over thing. So I think that's a very cool. Um, but the actual side-by-side apps... Is is huge for productivity on the iPad. Um,
1: yeah, I can see that being a, a real bonus.
0: And I I think it's it's really kind of assigned to Apple's, um, that whole mentality that the iPad really could be a computer replacement. And I know Samsung's done it with phones, and uh, Microsoft has it on the Surface, and it's been there forever. And why is it from this revolutionary field or uh, revolutionary feature with with iPad. Well, it's really not revolutionary necessarily, but it certainly makes the case for the iPad as a computer replacement, and it also holds a nice uh, flag up to say, "Hey, there might actually be now a larger iPad in the works."
1: Right, that is a good indicator. That could that is really, I think, it's telling us something that uh, could be on the way like that. It makes it look a little more uh, logical, a little more believable.
0: Um, and then there, one other feature that I actually left out of our notes here, um, is the picture in picture, which is that feature that you've always had on your TV for the last 15 years or whatever. But now you can take a video in any of the supported apps, which right now Safari is the only video player, um, but you can play almost any video in Safari, right? Right, yeah. you can take the video and basically when you would go to normally full screen mode, you can actually pop it out into picture in a picture mode and you can hover it somewhere over what you're working on, so you mm-hmm. can
1: yeah i've I've played with that it's uh, it works really well, especially considering you know, it's the first version of the beta um, um I didn't have any i didn't it didn't crash or anything like that that's always a plus
0: it was it's actually the only feature that I haven't tried um and the only reason is because I'm not a big video consumer on my iPad a lot of times Mm -hmm. and the few times that I am it's usually out of YouTube and it's on the YouTube app which right now doesn't work for it right um or on Wednesday night I wanted to watch the Blackhawks game but I also needed to have a document up that I was following for an event that I was videoing and Mm -hmm. I wanted to have the Blackhawks game up but I had to have the NBC sports live extra app or whatever it was. And that one obviously doesn't support it right now. So I didn't have a way to pull the Blackhawks game in front. So I decided that it was just more important to watch the hockey game than follow the document. so I just pulled the game up full screen, but that's a good yeah. call. Uh, but that is one of the other uh, cool features is that you do have this picture in picture where you can now watch video. And I, I could be mistaken but I don't believe it's on any device other than iPad. But to me, it makes perfect sense on like a six plus. But I could be wrong. It may be on the six plus. Yeah, I
1: could I could see it on it. I could see it working well
0: on a six plus.
1: I don't believe it's available. They they meant I've went back and I've tried to find where I heard them say, and that's on the iPhone six plus too, and I can't find it.
0: But for the, you, do remember there was one feature that they said.
1: There was something about that. Yeah, I okay. remember lot of And I teacher. remember
0: that also. And what I have heard is that apparently when you watch the keynote live and when you watch the replay that's been uploaded, they will go in and if somebody flubbed and said something they weren't supposed to, they'll cut that out because they wouldn't want you to rewatch it and be misinformed. So hmm. they could say some revolutionary new feature for the 6 Plus is coming in iOS 9. And then when you go back and you're like, I know they said that, all of a sudden you were wrong because it didn't exist. It doesn't exist there. It only happened live and if they... you didn't see it live, it never happened. Apple is
1: gaslighting mm-hmm. us? Come on. Yes.
0: Um, a feature that did come to the 6 and 6 Plus and iPads is the um. trackpad, basically, on on the Mac keyboard that if you put two fingers down on the keyboard when you're typing mm. you can actually drag it around like a tr- like a mouse on a trackpad and it makes it really easy to go back to a certain part of text or if you hold for two fi- with two fingers once your cursor is in the right place and then drag you can actually highlight text
1: right i've actually tried that on my iPad and it's really Really nice. I think that's going to be another one that's going to be a popular and more, a very useful feature. Absolutely. Um, it's a hell of a lot better than putting your finger down and waiting for that magnification to come up and then trying to get your pointer where, or you get the uh, cursor where you want it. I never have like well, that.
0: Well, I've always had issues, especially if the text is near the top of the screen and you get that little magnifier mm-hmm. that pops up, but it decides, oh, I'm going to pop up outside of the frame of the screen. You're like, well, this is fantastic. This doesn't help me at all. I can't see what yeah. you're highlighting, like, so it's it's a nice improvement on that, too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, it, it's it's cool. And like I said, that's that's on the iPads and on iPhones, uh, which I didn't I did not realize that was on the phone. And then uh, when I went back, I I was tinkering with something, and I was like, I'm gonna try that. And realized it worked on the phone. And I was like, wow, this is going to be huge. Because I, I, it happens to me all the time. I'm typing something. I, I'm like, I need to remember this for later. I start typing it on my mm-hmm. phone. And then I realize, oh, I I totally repeated myself. Or this isn't in the right place. And I have to go back and edit it. And I'm always trying to like scroll back through or highlight a huge chunk of text. And it's never right. This kind of takes care of it. Right. Any other big iOS changes.
1: I mean, of course, they added the news app, replaces Newsstand. Do you
0: have that on your iPad?
1: Did it show up for you? I did not see okay. it. I remember when I, I remember looking when I first, uh, first updated and I thought, That's, well, I'll go back and look later and I that never was have. That's the
0: other feature of iOS 9. That, well, one of the other features of iOS 9 that I do remember is they, they killed off Newsstand mm-hmm. as, as a dedicated, home screen replacement basically because that was what newsstand was. It was never an actual app. It was just like it was a layer of your home screen that you could like flip to. They've now gotten rid of that. So now your magazines can just live in a folder with all your other news things and newsstand doesn't exist. So they did get rid of that. But then they were introducing news, which was, from my understanding, kind of just a Apple curated RSS feed that you could then also add your own RSS feeds to. Um, but as of Beta 1, I don't see it.
1: Right. I have uh, I went to, uh, there was a link I, you may have sent to me or, or somebody that you could actually, you know, add your RSS feed to to news. And uh, it was pretty much coming soon. I mean, you could go ahead and add it, and then they, they would notify you when everything was ready. Right. That's kind of what I got out of it, so uh I'm sure we'll find out more about that before the release
0: yep and then
1: we don't we don't want to forget the battery optimizations oh,
0: yeah the the epic improvements to battery life if if you're if you're debating yeah, trying the beta out and you value uh having a phone that lasts i don't know eight hours ten hours, I'd skip this beta <laughs> at least wait till beta two. Maybe three or four. So you're saying the beta does the exact opposite they, of what it's supposed they, to they part part of what they did was they kind of leaned out some of the the bulk of the system, which in in the update in itself it was pretty apparent. The uh OS full update was just over a gig as opposed to like four.
1: I actually gained some space after the update on my they, iPad. Like
0: I said, they they've leaned out some of the apps and they which is supposed to encourage better battery life. Um and
1: yeah, they were talking up, up to an hour of extra battery life and then they have the yep. low
0: power mode and, and which should add to 3 hours. Yep, for me, I'm I'm charging midday every day. So, and that's on my phone. On my iPad, I I've not, have you noticed your battery life on your iPad is horrible too? You know my, or are you constantly plugged in?
1: My iPad I probably 90% of the time I use it is reading in bed. Um, so it's just plugged in there anyway. Well, I Usually charge about once a week. One charger usually runs. You might, run,
0: might want to check it if you're going to read tonight. You might want to. check Yeah, it. I'm going
1: to do that after I get here. I, I do have a charger in the in the bedroom, so. Uh,
0: I noticed the uh, the first day after I installed it. Actually, the, the night I installed I installed it, and then unplugged it so I could install it on my phone. And in the morning, I grabbed my iPad and went to put it in my bag, and it was dead. Really. And I hadn't used it overnight, but in that eight nine hours, whatever it was. Who am I kidding? It was like five hours. I don't sleep eight hours a night. And um, those like five or six hours, it had gone from 78% or whatever it was when I got done tinkering to dead. Wow. Um, and so battery optimization is certainly something they're promising, uh, but I've yet to see it.
1: I haven't experienced yeah. that problem. I, I mean, Monday I was at a full charge when I installed IS9 and I've used it every night since. And I think in yesterday, it was like a 40% around there. So I don't know if, I, you know, I may have different apps. There may be some app on yours. that's not behaving with nine, but I, I just, I'm sure they do need to optimize anything in beta. One is got a lot of junk in there.
0: And it could be a generational thing too. If if the air two runs differently than the air. That's 1. All, always possible. Uh, There could be something in there. And I I know I I just from checking on Twitter, there are other people who have installed the beta who have said, wow, battery life is terrible on this. You know, Mm. I five hours and I'm losing 70, 80 percent battery. Uh, And that's that's the kind of battery life I'm seeing right now. So if all comes true for what they promised, you could definitely expect an extra hour uh, or more out of a device. I I assume like the six plus may see more than an hour because it's got a bigger battery. Right. Um, And then, like you said, the low power mode, which at 20%, it does prompt you. Instead of just saying, hey, you're at 20%, your battery's low, it actually says, hey, you're at 20%, do you want to turn on low power mode and make your, like, kind of stretch that last 20% a little bit Mm -hmm. or just continue using your iPad like you are. And it shuts off some, like, your push notifications, some of the background app stuff. You know, it's it's trying to do its best to optimize data usage and things like that to, to stretch it out. Now, for some people, some of those services may already be shut off, and so they may not see nearly the increase in battery life, but it's, it has nice promise, at least. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see, you know, Beta 3, yeah. Beta 4, somewhere around there. That's usually when I install it on my phone.
0: Once things have cleared up a little bit. Yeah, I
1: try to avoid doing it on my phone too early because, you know, we have to do reviews and uh, accessories and things like that. So I try to keep it fairly close to, you know, the the latest public release.
0: And for me, I I went all, like I said, I went all in. And I actually (laughs) kind of caught myself up a little bit. Uh, What, a, a little over a year ago, I reviewed the kivo which is this bluetooth door lock that you use your phone as the key basically so if my phone's in my pocket i can just tap the the deadbolt and it checks with my phone my phone says yep you're good and it unlocks the door um, using bluetooth le and some other fancy features and it'll take care of you know kind of Acting as the key. Now, it does have a physical key, so if I do lock myself out or whatever, or don't have my phone, I can physically unlock it with a key. But I'm for the last year, I've been almost exclusively using that as my way to uh, unlock the front door. So on Monday night, I updated my phone to iOS 9. I left Tuesday morning, got home Tuesday uh, late afternoon, Went to the front door like usual and went to unlock it and it didn't unlock. I thought well that's strange. Pulled my phone out and opened the Kivo app because sometimes I have to. Tapped the deadbolt and the app crashed. So there's some <laughs> Bluetooth related bug in there that's not allowing the app to function. The added layer of that is that I locked myself out <laughs> by updating to the beta. So the beta one of iOS 9 locked me out of my house. <laughs> And, and of course, the first thing I did instead of you know trying to figure out how to get in the house was I texted you and Glenn and said, "Hey, <laughs> how funny is this? I'm standing here on the front step screaming like a maniac and I can't get in my house because my phone's locked me out <laughs> it was it was that whole like wow the future really can kick your ass sometimes
1: The future's here and it's looking and it wants to kill you
0: <laughs> I guess it was just it was one of those like weird, embarrassing moments, and then I had to dig in my bag and find my actual key, and and went inside. And oh, at, had at least to I would call school. the police and like, oh, hey, can God. you help me? And yeah, it was, I felt like an animal, <laughs> using an actual key to open my house. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> so the future, the future isn't flawless. We'll put it that way. No. Um, and this, that's exactly why, if if you're thinking about beta, uh, maybe hold off. And, and some of it is also the apps. You know, Some apps may not work at all on iOS 9 if they didn't update some of the new programming stuff. And obviously, Swift is part of that. Right. Um, and not that it's mandatory, but Swift did also get a nice present, I guess, at WWDC. Um, they announced that Swift is going to be open source, which is very cool. Uh, yeah,
1: that's really great. That's great. It'll be uh, available on Linux. Yeah. Um... Yep. When it goes open source later this year.
0: Yep. And it it's nice too because then it, it means that other people can add improvements and add layers to it and kind of build upon it. And it, it, it certainly opens it up to be more like Objective-C or any of these other languages. And it also <laughs> means that in theory another company, say Google or Microsoft, could actually support Swift apps on their devices because... They now have the libraries out there to, right? They have access to run to that, against, right? So it 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 certainly opens the door to some more universal applications across platforms.
1: Yeah, I think it could be exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the open source community does with it. I think it's going to be uh, an interesting thing to watch.
0: Um, yeah also an update to uh, watch os at wwdc which to me seems very quick to update to the level they're doing the update um but we'll go with it watch os is going to watch os 2.0 um so one version 1 of watch os lasted about 60 days before they announced version 2, and it'll last about five months before it's obsoleted, basically. Right. Um But with it comes native apps. So the apps can actually be installed on the watch and run on the watch and not depend on the phone, which is huge. Um and then my favorite feature of Watch OS 2, and actually as stupid as it is, the reason that I was like I'm going to update to watch OS 2 on my watch, um, is the dock alarm clock mode. Oh, so damn. really quick, you can just pop the charger on, and when you set it down on its side, it actually acts as an alarm clock and dock mode, and has like a night camera, a night clock. Any type of movement that it senses will lock, light up the clock, so you can kind of reach over and just even bump the nightstand or anything like that, and it's enough movement, it'll say, okay, here's the clock, here's what time it is. And then the digital crown and the side button actually act as off and snooze buttons for the alarm. Oh great, which is which is super cool and has been really nice. But one of the drawbacks of doing uh, the beta on my watch is there is no way to downgrade, which is why I'm still using iOS 9 beta on my <laughs> iPhone because I don't want to have no way to use my watch for however long. Um, But there are certainly some other bugs within the watch that have kind of come along at the same time. Um, Right. I think uh, Apple's
1: actually telling people that are complaining about it to send their watch in and we'll, we'll fix it for you for
0: a price. Yep. And, I believe if you have AppleCare, they'll cover it. Now, I, what I don't know is, does it count as a accidental damage or is that a warrantyable thing that they can send it in and swap it without cost if you did AppleCare on it? Right. Um, like I said, for me, it's okay. I struggle with it a little bit and deal with it a little bit. Battery life on beta on the watch is surprisingly not much different than it was before. That's going to be my next question. It's 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 a little bit different i i I was ranging about fifty to sixty percent a day to have the watch running, so not quite enough to go two full days, but close now I'm pushing closer to seventy five eighty mm-hmm. percent battery per day, but it's still not running it down to completely dead, which is um which is nice at least I'm not having to charge my watch twice a day or midday or whatever. Um, other additions are, um, custom complications. So the, uh, like the clock and the calendar and stuff like that, that show up on the watch face, um, now app developers can actually build their own custom versions of that. Right. And so like you could have your latest Twitter mention show up at the bottom or, I don't know, maybe for an app like My Fitness Pal, it could say, you know, you've eaten this many calories today or you have this many calories left today. Or uh, I, I'm assuming there's an app that tracks how many beers you've had. It could tell you how many you've had so far today or how many you have left today <laughs> to hit your goal. Um, whatever whatever that is, the developers can now add co- complications right to the watch face, well, that, which is cool. It
1: certainly sounds useful, and I, I hope a developer has listened to what you just said about the beers. Because that's so hard to keep track, especially after you've had seven or eight, and you're on your way to twelve, it's a little tougher to count, keep track. So,
0: um, the other the other cool thing with with the Watch OS that I, and I sent you guys pictures of this uh, is the custom watch faces, uh, which is actually something they demoed back in the fall when they previewed the watch, mm-hmm. but then didn't ship with the original watch right. um, in April. And that so you can take a picture in your photo library. And use it as a watch face. Um, so I sent you guys a pair of of watch faces: one with the Mattress logo, and another mm-hmm. one that was the uh, the Batman logo because I knew you'd appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was very. Unfortunately, cool. unfortunately, unfortunately, there's no complications on the custom watch face, which seems weird to me. Hmm. And so you can't. You can either have a picture of yours as the wallpaper, or you can have one of their pictures which then allows you to have the complications for your calendar or your battery life or your activity. So I'm not, I'm not sure if that's something that will evolve with the betas or if that's a decision they've made intentionally. Uh, And there's also only the digital clock for the custom watch face. Um, So you can't do like an old style analog clock. You can only do the one with the digital numbers. Hmm. Cause I thought for sure, if, if you could do an analog style watch, you could actually go out and take you know, the a, a face from a Rolex or a tag or something like that right. and actually use that as the picture, and then just to a really basic, just the hands as your watch face, and you could actually create a Rolex-looking watch face for your Apple Watch, which is certainly something I think a lot of people would jump on, but that may be why they've limited it to the digital only, is because they don't want people trade or pirating or trademarking or whatever. Right. There's been a,
1: been a few issues about that on other other makers' watches that people have done that and, uh, and Rolex and, and Waltham and a few others have, you know, went after them.
0: So. One thing I don't remember hearing, and maybe I just missed it, was is there a way for developers to build watch faces or have they still left that out? I don't
1: recall anything like that.
0: Because I, I still see that as being the a door for Apple to open where they could say, Okay, other companies can make custom watch faces and somebody like Rolex says, Okay, we're gonna make a watch face for the for the Apple Watch and we're gonna charge a hundred dollars for it. And that you buy it in the App Store for a hundred bucks because you have to have that Rolex name on it. But the only way to get the Rolex watch face would be to buy the Rolex watch face app or whatever. Right. However that works. So I I think in the future we may see that. But at least at this point, as far as I know, there wasn't a way to
1: Yeah, I don't I don't remember them mentioning
0: anything about that. Um So the the last the last thing Uh, from WWDC that was, I guess, worth talking about um, was that Tim Cook came out and did the very old school Steve Jobs (laughs) thing. He said, one more thing, and there's some debate that I've seen online about whether or not his one more thing was worthy of a one more thing. Um, But that's Apple Music and that some people think that maybe this wasn't the right place to launch it other people think this is the perfect time to launch it or announce it um but it was certainly a interesting announcement for the apple music service
1: yeah this is true um apple music to me it doesn't mean a lot to me i've i just don't listen to that much music anymore i'm more of a podcast or a talk radio type guy um but for people like my wife, who continually has it going while she's working, uh, likes to play it while she's painting. Uh, she uses iTunes Radio more than I ever have. Uh, just in the in the few months she's had it, uh, it, it doesn't mean that. Much. I it just the live radio station, the Beats One live radio stations. I'll probably listen to that just to see what it's like to to get the uh, the gist of it, um,
0: sure. And that's so. Th- there's there's basically three parts to, to Apple Music, right? Right. This this whole new service. It's it's radio, which is Beats One, mm-hmm. which is a twenty four seven live radio station um, with DJs in what London, New York, and L A. Yeah, I think. Um, and the idea that they're not looking at. Here's your top forty. Here's the, what the charts say to play. They're just playing cool new music that you may not have ever heard, and trying to introduce you to some of the bands that are in that tens of millions of artists.
1: Right. It's uh, it's cool that it's going to go around the world to everybody. I mean, everybody the clo- around the globe. is going to be listening to the same thing at the same time. Right. Which
0: which that that to me is super cool. That, uh, and, and you can see, I can already kind of picture the marketing for it. That you know you have. Uh, a kid in China listening to the same thing as a lady in Ireland, who's listening to the same thing as you in Tennessee, who's listening to the same thing as Tim Cook in California. And they're all listening to the same music at the same time and experiencing the same thing. And that you kind of create this worldwide connection uh, through music, which certainly hones back to how Apple really kind of broke itself free from everybody else in, the what, early 2000s right? the iPod and iTunes that they're really kind of getting back to that music connects people and this is our way of doing that although it seems so strange in 2015 that the way they're doing it is with a radio station which is a thing you know that everybody thought was dead in 2000 when the iPod came out
1: yeah right I mean uh, it it's odd that they still call it Music radio. I don't. I don't know if they just use that as a familiar term because people are familiar with it. The idea of the DJs and the interviews and the guest hosts. Um. I mean, people are just used to thinking of that as radio. Maybe that's why. I. I really.
0: I, I think they're they're using the idea that it's it's dj'd by someone else and it's DJed by a real person, not. Part of, of their whole thing with this is it's not DJed by machine, right? It's not an algorithm deciding on a playlist or deciding what to play next. While that stuff still exists, uh, just like the iTunes Radio features now, mm. um, while that stuff still is there, this is kind of a standalone thing that no one else has—a live, curated, real person all the time radio station.
1: It, like it's to me, it's kind of a callback to. Uh, the '50s and the '60s, when when radio was king, I mean, it could make or break an artist. If they, if a certain sure. disc jockey decided to play their tunes, they could. Uh, I can't. I and, can't think of any of the disc jockeys' names now, but there were some big ones back then. That if they decided to play your music and basically anointed you as the next or, coming thing, you were your,
0: your Rick D is in your. People like that just they they play an artist like you said, or and and now even you know Ryan Seacrest has his thing, and it's like if you make his top forty, you've kind of made it in in music. So I think I think I do think that's true, and and you know that one of the features of this once it's available is going to be this is the song that's currently playing. Click here to buy it now. Right. Um, although uh, that kind of leads to the next part of this Apple Music thing, and that's uh, discover which is what they're they're calling it which is the um all the music in the iTunes library you have access to and for only $10 a month or 15 for up to 6 if you're a family um you have access to everything that's in the iTunes library so you could in theory take a song that you heard on Beats 1 radio and you could say add this to my library and now it's one of your songs that you can listen to um but it's it's taking a page out of Spotify's book or out of mm-hmm. beats' music's book and saying, Oh, definitely, you now have access to all these songs all the time. you can play them basically whenever you want a la carte for only ten bucks a month right and 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 we talked about this before that that's totally how I listen to music and that's totally not how you listen to music, but
1: I will probably get it just for my wife, I mean. There are times I do listen to the music and I enjoy it. But I just I'm an old guy and if I listen to music it's from the 70s or the 80s. You know. It's uh, going to be on there too. I know. That's wonderful. But nor, for me it wouldn't be worth 10 bucks a month. Throw her into the mix. Okay, yeah. It's worth it's it's going to be worth the
0: 14.99. Sure. And and I like I like that idea and I also like that it's Apple's paying attention to what everybody else is doing and they're kind of paying attention to what's what direction the music industry is going in.
1: They're doing what they they've always done best. They sit back and watch and and then take the best part of each thing and and make something terrific out of it.
0: Exactly. And and I think I think this is going to be a huge huge move for them. And and right now when I think streaming music, I think Spotify. Right. But I I'm guessing by next summer, you know. Next WWDC, or you know, when we're doing the recap from Next WWDC on the podcast, you're going to be thinking, Oh, well, streaming music that's that's Apple Music, yeah, that they've done it right, and it'll be interesting to see what Spotify's numbers are for paid subscribers post June 30th. Will there be a mass exodus? Will people pay for both for a little while? I'm wondering how many people will really. Uh, jump from it and things like supporting android which they've already said they're going to do in the fall Mm -hmm. Uh, any any device that runs itunes so windows mac uh, and then obviously your ios devices all get it i mean that's a pretty that's a pretty wide net to say every one of our devices has this service built in Mm -hmm. just pay us the ten dollars a month and you can have it i think that's going to be a yeah, it's pretty an easy co- sell.
1: Yeah, it's pretty close to no matter what device you're on, you'll be able to listen to it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it's going to be and it's going to be another fun thing to watch. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Beats never did, Beats music never did uh, get that big a, a, a foothold, uh, paid subscriber wise. But right, the whole idea that Apple Music, I mean, they're going to give you three months free. First taste is free. After that. They're gonna charge you. They're not gonna have a free tier.
0: So one, that that th- that three months free. I mean, just think of that. Think of using a service for for three months and getting used to it. When that three months is up, what are the odds you're gonna not pay for that to continue? Right.
1: I uh, I did that with uh, Hulu. I think it was. For a lot for when they first were out, I think they gave like one or two months free. Yeah. And I and, and I hooked up I, I signed up and after when it came time, I was like, Yeah, sure, go ahead. Here's
0: and 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 I think Apple's done a really good job of, of deciding on how long to give that free trial. Because I know like Beats gives you seven days. Right. Uh I believe Netflix gives you a month. Yes. Uh, I know when I signed up for Hulu, I think it was 14 days. Um Spotify, um, uh, I don't know if you get a free trial of the premium version, but I know their big promo is usually 99 cents for three months, Um, which for a buck to try it out, mm-hmm. I'm I'm guessing most, it just just like with, with Apple Music and how I see it going is you pay that buck and you get used to how it works and you're like, well, I guess I'll just keep paying for it now. It's worth 10 bucks now. And now that I'm invested, now that I have time in it and whatever, um, I mean, for me it's like iTunes match I paid for it and now I just I'm afraid to not pay for it because I like having all of my music just in the cloud yeah I'm, it's 25, bu- 25
1: bucks a year and anywhere you go uh, it's, it's great and let's f- and, I mean, and I I say th- three months a lot of people three month free membership and I think correct me if I'm wrong you do have to give them the credit card information when you sign up for the free three months right
0: for for iTunes? Yeah, for or Apple for Apple, for Apple Music. Music. You don't have to give them anything. You have an iTunes account. They already have your credit oh, card well, information. Oh, well, okay. How beautiful Didn't is that? Didn't think about that. They already have it. You don't even it, it's after, it's going to be that easy. After 3 mo- after 3 device, months you're, you're going to forget about it. Right, it's just going to happen and you're going to get charged your 10 bucks. Uh, uh, yeah, a good percentage of people are going to go, "Oh, I I never
1: thought about that." And they're going to see you know $10 come out of their iTunes account and then they're going to go, "Oh, well, it's not worth it. It's not worth dealing with." I'll just leave it. Right. I listen
0: to it. Or I'll, I'll cancel it next month. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. I've yeah, already, I've already missed it this month. So I'll and, do it next month. All of a sudden you're a year later and you're still paying for it every month. And okay. you're like, well, I guess I'll just keep it. It's kind of like dish. I can't get rid of it now. I'm used to it. Yeah. So there's, there's that. And then the, the last aspect of the Apple music thing, which to me is the, it's the least interesting part to me. Um, But I, I guess for a, a certain demographic, maybe it's more entertaining. And that's connect, right? Um, which, to me, music is a social thing. Um, in the sense that like Spotify is doing it really well. If I'm listening to Spotify and my wife's listening to Spotify, I can see what she's listening to right now. She can see what I'm listening to right now. And we can send each other songs or playlists or albums and say, "Oh, you should listen to this," or "Oh, I just found this," or "You remember that time we danced to this song at our wedding?" Whatever whatever the thing is. Or with friends, they can be like, oh, remember that time that we made up our own words to this song and it was hilarious? <laughs> yeah. Like, those kind of things. That, that That social aspect. That's what I was hoping for out of this connect part. But what it really is, is a way for artists to share content with you. Pictures, videos, text, snippets of songs through other, you know, SoundCloud or whatever it is that they can share stuff and then other people can then find out about it and comment or share or like those posts mm-hmm. through Connect so it's it's connecting artists with their listeners, not connecting listeners and to me I think that's a missed opportunity although Ping was supposed to be a way for listeners to connect and it never caught on which maybe is why they're not
1: it could be why they're backing away from it yeah uh- I mean, like like you said, a, a certain demographic is going to love this. Uh, you know, the, the the younger set that sees them as idols and want to know everything about their favorite singer or you know, rap artist or band. I can see where it could be popular with them. Personally, myself is something I probably never use.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I know for sure that when it when it comes out and that release hits on the what the 30th of June yeah obviously I'm going to click on the connect tab and I'm going to see what's there but I don't see it as something that I use long term right I, I see it as a okay cool it's there um and and even at the the keynote I think the interest in in connect was very well represented by Drake coming out on stage right and he kind of just rambled for like five minutes and then that was the end of his little segment. And while had he picked posted a picture of himself on connect with his throwback vintage Apple jacket, mm-hmm. I'd have been like, wow, that's a cool jacket. I guess I just don't care enough about what musicians are doing, which yeah, I think had, had you asked me, you know, 10 years ago, no, oh, do I care what musicians are doing? Well, yeah, maybe there's a couple bands that I like. I want to see, behind the scenes when they're in the studio or i want to hear the preview of their song but so much of that you're already getting on twitter or facebook or somewhere else
1: right there's already that that social networks already in place Here's...
0: why do i ha- now why do i have to go to it's it's one connect one more and, thing
1: you have to look for yeah
0: and i think what apple's hoping for is that artists catch on and they only post on connect and that they can push from connect out to those other things going for the they exclusive can push to Twitter or Facebook from there. So it gives them kind of that one hub that is where you're buying the music and they use that as their way to push out to everywhere else. Right. But I don't know if that'll, if that'll catch on.
1: Again, hide and, hide and watch and see what happens.
0: So any other, Big WWDC things. That's or is that it?
1: That's about all I can think of. Yeah, that Q may just be.
0: There, go ahead. There was that. Eddie Q danced, which was all, which was hilarious. Oh yeah, there was that. Um, we we saw Jimmy Iovine's first appearance on stage since the Beats deal, which was cool. during Apple Music, just because he's Jimmy Iovine and he's kind of a name that's been around in the music industry for a long time. Right. Um, one thing that wasn't overly obviously pointed out but that did happen was it was the first appearance of a female on stage presenting something during an apple keynote and it wasn't just one it ended up being two that's true one was jennifer bailey who's the vp of internet service and she took the stage and talked about apple pay and then the other was susan prescott who is the president vice president of product marketing and she discussed and kind of gave a demo of the new news app. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was, it was a big deal because it was women making an appearance and it, and as I saw on online a couple of times now, it wasn't just women making an appearance to have women making an appearance. They are SVPs and VPs of different areas in Apple yeah they're women in positions of power within the
1: within the company that it actually means something it's not just a personal appearance so
0: it it really shows that not only are they women at apple on stage they are women in positions presenting the things they're working on and so it's it's certainly a step in that direction of apple being more um diverse for one of a yeah for one of a better word diverse yeah So I think that's certainly cool. And and I think we're going to see more of uh, in future keynotes as as things come up and come along is that we'll see.
1: Yeah. Especially as you know, they are adding uh, more diverse candidates to their, to their ranks. Um, So I'm sure we're going to see more of that. And that's definitely a good thing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that uh I think that pretty much wraps up all the WWDC stuff. I think and, so. Uh, we've we've certainly spent enough time boring everyone. So <laughs> uh, my thanks once again to Chris for joining me and
1: thanks for having me as always always, always a good time, always yep. enjoy it.
0: And you you can find him on Twitter at CLHawk. And you can also see all of his posts over on mactrass.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Ian Fuchs. And thanks to our listeners for joining us for another episode. If you enjoyed the show, do leave us a rating or review on iTunes. And we will catch you on the next episode.